0: This episode of Talk Fitness is in partnership with the Vitamin Shop, where knowledgeable health enthusiasts are standing by to help you thrive every day. So glad you're listening to Talk Fitness today. You know, we often hear about uh, weight loss, lasting weight loss, what it takes, what's involved, but you know, it's not really purely a numbers game and here to talk about this and more and actually to shed light on the five secrets to long lasting weight loss is the fantastic JJ Flazane. She's an empowerment strategist and a host of the Fit to Love podcast show. She's director of Invisible Fitness and Amazon best-selling author of Fit to Love, How to Get Physically, Emotionally and Spiritually Fit to Attract Love of Your Life and author of Knack, Absolute Abs, Routines for a Fit and Firm core. I could go on and on and the whole show could be taken up with all of her amazing accomplishments, but I'm going to bring her in instead. Hello, JJ.
1: Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) It's great to have you on. All right. So I had JJ on my show, It's Your Health, many moons ago, and I'm so happy to have you on here now. It's been far too long. So I mentioned in the beginning, a lot of people think, well, it's just a numbers game or if you just eat less, uh, move more. But it seems a little bit more complicated than that. There's a lot of other things that go into it. So I love this and I'm really excited. So let's jump into this. Let's talk about these five secrets. The first one is know and love your gut.
1: Right. Digestion represents two things, how we digest our food and process nutrients that build our bodies and support our bodies. It also represents how we deal with life. Uh, When you are stressed out or nervous or worried, your digestion is affected. And digestion is really where it is, where it's at in terms of nutrients and taking your food and utilizing it. We know we're focused on calories, we're focused on maybe possibly what foods to eat or not to eat, yet if we're not looking at how our body is utilizing foods and if it's working, which is what your digestion is going to tell you, then we miss the mark and people can be eating a lot of quote-unquote diet foods and be gaining weight or keeping their bloat or not finding the results they want because they haven't, taken the clue or cue from the digestion, which is telling them exactly what's going on. And for instance, one of the ways that you can tell how your digestion is, is all the different symptoms people may or may not think are normal. Uh, The first one would be, you know, you have, if if you're eating three meals a day, then technically you should be eliminating three meals a day. Yes, and that would mean that you are having three eliminations. And most people, I think, are lucky if they have one every couple of days. Or maybe have one, and they think that's normal. Well, it's not normal. Well, it's normal because it's what you're used to, but it isn't normal. It's not. An, it's not an indicator of health, and and I don't think people understand that. So that's one of the very first things. You know, you're constipated mm-hmm. if you're only having one elimination a day, and most people don't think that. They say, oh, one is good. Well, did you eat one meal? No, you had three meals okay, <laughs> and some snacks. Well, then, where what happen to the rest of it? So there's a, there's a block in the pipe. There's There's a problem with how you're taking things in. And so digestion is really what I would prefer people focus on first and indicators of good digestion, which might mean eliminating certain foods that disrupt your digestion. Um, Other factors that people think are normal, which are not, are indications of bad digestion, which are gas and bloating and constipation and diarrhea or loose stool, uh, IBS, obviously that's what that is, and mucus. From blowing your nose to having lots of phlegm in your throat, skin issues, itchiness, scratchiness, those are all indications of bad digestion.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that you mentioned all those because I think it's true. I think because people are used to standard American diet, they're not going to eliminate as often, but we really need to be. And if we're not, like you said, that's indicative that there's something going on there. Now, would you recommend probiotics as well as as something that's going to help? I've heard that can help. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Somebody I had done a show yesterday that was live and someone had written in and asked, you know, and said she was told she had bad bacteria in her gut and what she should do about it. And of course, you know, it's multifaceted in terms of what that approach is, because there's there's obviously taking out some of the foods that irritate you, but it's also adding in things that are supportive, and and probiotics are one of them. And for sure, I would recommend across the board that everybody be taking one. The reason why people need to be taking one is because we don't eat fermented foods every day or even every week or every month that our ancestors did to combat and help us break down some of the higher fatty, higher protein things in our diet. So, probiotics are good, enterically coated, dairy-free, gluten-free, Probiotic uh, would be an awesome thing to add for everybody.
0: Now I am dairy free, but mention talk to us a little bit about that because why why do you feel it's important to have a dairy free probiotic?
1: So dairy, while you know people might think, oh, you're you do health and you have you have a restrictive sort of, sort of diet, which I do, but but I don't feel restricted at all. I'm all about replacement, not restriction. But when it comes to what foods in our bodies work and don't work, um, I was a cheeseaholic for a long time. So, so don't think for a moment that yeah. what I'm about to say means I don't like <laughs> cheese, okay? Yeah. Uh, but cheese is not meant for us. We are not cows. In fact, cows don't drink milk. Milk is for the calf, to fatten the calf. Past that, the calves eat grass or corn or whatever you're feeding them. But cows don't drink milk. So that breast milk of that animal isn't supposed to go in our bodies. We do not match the biology of a cow. Uh, most human mothers do not give their breast milk to cats and dogs. Why would we think that we can <laughs> ingest the breast milk of another animal? Now, again, like I said, exactly. I love cheese. It tastes it tastes good. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of it tastes good. and But it's not meant for us. And unfortunately, there are so many people who don't realize that their symptoms are created because they're ingesting dairy.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've been on that I should say the non-dairy bandwagon for a long time and and I'm not belittling it by calling it a bandwagon but... (laughs) It's just, I, it's so frustrating when you talk to people and they're like, yeah, but, but milk is good for your bones and milk is good for this. It's like, yeah, it's kind of the dairy board pushing their agenda, you know, right. it's, it's just really right. tough, right? Like, how do you get this paradigm shift when there's so much that we've been indoctrinated with? And it still makes me insane that kids are giving, you know, milk at school every day. It's just ridiculous. Right. That's a whole nother subject, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, me. we could do a whole show just on dairy, but and, and about yes. marketing and the inaccuracies yeah. And the current research that Western medicine keeps wanting to not pay attention to, but you know, but that's how it just takes a while. And until more people are sick, until more people have issues, then people go, Oh, maybe we shouldn't put pesticides in our food. (laughs) Maybe people are dying about eating a a peanut. What's the problem? You know, but until it's more of an epidemic, people won't pay attention because they'll think, Oh, that's not true. I don't believe that. Well, all right. Um, So yeah, I, I agree with you on the dairy. I, again, and there are, even organic dairy, um, while there are some some benefits, you just risk the fact that your body doesn't won't break it down because that protein in that dairy, and which is why actually butter is okay because there's no protein in butter. There's protein in milk and in yogurt and in, and and um, kefir and things like that. It's the protein that's too big for us to break down, and that's why I recommend the dairy-free probiotic because if you have a dairy sensitivity you're not even aware of. I've taken probiotics with dairy in them that have constipated me. <laughs> so it doesn't even work oh, no. because because uh, I because I don't eat dairy and I took a probiotic with a dairy and it wasn't working. I'm like, why is it working? Causing a block because my body doesn't doesn't take well with dairy. <laughs> yeah, oh, especially so when you remove
0: it. Yeah. I- yeah, I definitely want to, ha- I mean, I'd love to have you back a lot, but I, especially to talk about this dairy issue further. All right. So the second one in the five secrets of long lasting weight loss is exercise smarter, not harder. Talk to us about this.
1: It's amazing to me. still so, after 20 years, being a personal trainer, yeah. even though I do understand, you know, you, what you focus on is what you pay attention to. And when it comes to exercise, too many people just think, well, just exercise, just go to the gym, just go to a class, just do anything. Do anything. It'll all yeah. work the same. <laughs> I mean, not, not, <laughs> that, not that that's what they think. It'll all work the same. But hey, if I'm exercising, I should be getting results. But people, this is science. And I, you would not tell somebody or accept a diagnosis from somebody if I said, Do you Lisa go shopping? Like, you'd have like 20 follow up questions for yeah. me about that, right? Like, shopping for what? <laughs> like, going clothes shopping, yeah. shopping, furniture <laughs> shopping, house <laughs> shopping. Like, what am I buying? Right? But, but people yeah. just are told exercise more. What the hell? Yes. Exercise more, and so when it comes to you know one of the things that I that really bugs me about like the Fitbit community, uh why you mm-hmm. know there are better positives and negatives, but here's the big negative. Oh my God, I get it, oh my yeah. ten thousand steps. That's like your focus for the day, of the year, ten thousand steps. Guess what? Your ten thousand steps is not going to make a big difference in your physical health. You walk mm-hmm. more, you'll burn a little bit more calories, especially if you're going from like zero to ten. Fine. If you're someone who gets 10,000 steps in all the time, you're going to plateau. 10,000 steps yes. doesn't build muscle, doesn't increase your cardiovascular output, doesn't create, doesn't create endurance, doesn't create any of that. And people are so focused on this random freaking number because of they think yeah. it's good for their health that they bypass not doing proper exercise. So lots of people are doing the wrong exercises and then complaining the exercise doesn't work. And what's really not yes. working is that you have no idea what to do with exercise because there's a lot of science. and and some some exercises create and build muscle, which creates your metabolism. and the more the higher your metabolism, the more calories you burn at rest. We want to be efficient with our time. I'm definitely not someone who says, "Go exercise more. I, I'm going to say, "Well, what are you doing, and is it working? Is it efficient? How do we best utilize your ten minutes to thirty minutes to forty five minutes once, twice, three times a week? To get the most bang for your buck and it's a manipulation of science, not what class am like. You know, someone asked me yesterday yeah. in an interview, you know, what what do you think people just find things that they like to do? And it's a twofold. If, you know, if you're someone who doesn't exercise, who has got no habit, then yes, the first step is to create a habit and to find something that you enjoy doing that you want to do. That's very important. But be realistic about what you're going to get from it. Don't go into a Pilates class that's on a reformer where you never get off, like, off of it and think you're going to lose 20 pounds. It's not cardio, and it's not even that much muscle building on Pilates either. So you can't go into a Hatha yoga class expecting a transformation if because that's not what it's designed to do. And so, so there's the you find something you like to do to create the habit, and if you already have the habit, it doesn't matter if you like to do it or not. It's whether it works. If you want it to work, there are certain things that need to happen, like resistance training, in order to build muscle, build bone, increase your metabolism and get leaner. I mean that's you're not gonna get it any other way.
0: Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. So it 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 obviously you need to do something with you're saying like either some kind of resistance, bands, weights, um, things like that. He, or what about I mean I'm doing a I was about to say, I love body weight exercise. You can use body weight.
1: But but again, there's a science of when you are strong enough to handle all the different forms of body weight you're using, then how do you make it harder to get to the next level? Because Uh, your body will adapt. And once you adapt, you need to change what you're doing if you want more results. You're not just going to do the same thing over and over again and you're going to keep getting results. You're only going to get results to the next level. It's like going through school. You know, you're not going to repeat first grade 12 times. You're going to go to first grade, then you're going to go to second grade, then you're going to go to third grade, and things get harder, and you learn more, and you do different things. <laughs> and it's the same with your yeah. body. You're not going to just do the same routine for five days or, you know, a week or three days a week for like, like 10 years. It's going to stop working after the first three months.
0: So. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that's important it's, to know.
1: Yeah, it's science. And that's why I have a job because people don't, <laughs> people say, oh, people say, oh, yeah, well, it actually doesn't work. I'm like, yeah, because you're doing it wrong. You don't understand science. And a lot of trainers don't even understand science, um, uh, because there's several things to, to work in there. There's the, the muscle building part and the metabolism increasing part. There's the cardiovascular part, uh, that is calorie burning, but I would even say consider it a short term strategy versus a long term strategy. Uh, what's going to keep giving back to you year after year and what, and make sure you do some of that now. Uh, and then the cardio piece, especially women do and women over. 50 who go through menopause and wonder why they're not losing any weight because they're doing the wrong exercise. So it's over. It, it hasn't changed. 20 years. I've been saying the same thing for 20 years. <laughs> and it's only until people get there and get frustrated enough that they actually call me or find somebody else that actually tells them the same thing and, and changes what they do. So, <laughs> but until you, so that's why I wrote this book. It's 20 years of my work. Yeah. Basically all rolled into five simple secrets that are proven to work and to make real change.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I like that you know you just mentioned menopause, so I had uh my uterus taken out uh several months back uh because I had a ginormous um fibroid and so i had I went like just straight into menopause but i was i do I was taking hormones a little bit and now I'm taking hormones, but it's really important to balance and replenish your hormones. so let's talk about that yes, uh
1: secret number three is about balancing or replenishing your hormones because your hormones are your building blocks for your body. And they keep you young and vital and optimized. And we sort of, again, like that Western mentality, Western medicine mentality of like, oh, well, I'm going to age, I'm going to, I'm going to break down and I'm going to decline. Well, that's a choice. You don't have to do that. If you do nothing, yes, that's what will happen. But we have, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I do not support synthetic hormones. So Premarin, Prempro, things like that. I do not support synthetic hormones because they're synthetic. But I do support bioidentical hormones and I do support all kinds of homeopathic, Chinese medicine, herbs and acupuncture, all kinds of other ways, naturopathic ways for you to increase your hormone production. Exercise will help increase your hormone production. Doing resistance training will help increase your hormone production. So, so making sure that you you work with a a functional medicine physician, or if you can't find one, uh, you can pay for your own blood work. You don't have to go through a physician, which most people don't know. Places like Life Extension and Everlywell have home tests that you can take or you can order online exactly what you want. I've got them all listed in the book, and I've got a sheet on the website as well. You can download it, take to your doctor or take to the lab to say, these are the tests that I want, and it gives you a very comprehensive profile of your metabolism and of all the hormones that make up your metabolism, from your adrenals to your sex hormones, to your thyroid, to your, your iron, even, and your vitamin D. These are all really important. And most people are just going to the doctor and letting the doctor lead them and say, well, let's do it. And they test things like TSH, uh, thyroid-stimulating hormone. And TSH is one of those tests that has such a large range that you can be, you can have a thyroid problem for years and it won't, it won't be detected because that range is so large. It's one of the most general tests out there. And I definitely recommend not to rely on that. But you do need to work with a physician in order to, or at least a lab, to start getting some of these numbers and, and take control. Because what happens is we, you decline, and then you go, oops, now what? <laughs> right? And if you're trying <laughs> to get out ahead of it, you won't decline. And you can actually just be optimal, maintain your vitality, and be healthy, 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 then did, versus healthy, decline, decrepit. Decrepit, 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 then dead. It's just a choice. And and it's a lot easier to maintain a better weight, more muscle, active tissue, strong bones, strong joints when you combine so far all the things we've talked about cleaning up your digestion, yeah. uh, adding in good resistance training and exercise, that's specific, and adding the hormones so your body can hold on to all that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And the book is the invisible fitness formula, five secrets to release weight and end body shame. I want to definitely touch on the ending body shame when we after we go through these. Uh, The fourth one is to fully embrace and process your feelings. Oh my gosh, I'm always saying that to my daughter. Uh, It's so important. We cannot just keep things in and just let it build up and not process our emotions.
1: Yeah, you know, thoughts, so it works like this. We have a, we have a thought, or we observe something and immediately we have an interpretation and that interpretation creates a feeling. And if it's a negative feeling, that's energy. And somehow that energy needs to be like a calorie utilized or stored. <laughs> so if it's not expressed, it's not released, it's stored. So between disease, poor digestion, uh, you know, unrepressed feelings and multitudes of addictions that we all have. uh, That's another reason that people stay stuck, especially with weight loss, because if they're emotional eaters or they don't know that they're emotional eating, they tend to focus on calorie counting and exercise. And you're not going to win that game when you're not underneath the hood of the car fixing the engine. The engine, that's the issue. And we have to settle some of those emotional and mental issues, release them, transform them, transcend them, leverage them and let them go and be what they're supposed to be versus holding them, repressing them. And that's really what happens. I talk a lot in that secret about the addictions that we all have. Most people, when they think of addiction, think of drugs or alcohol, but truly, and those are definitely hard addictions, We all, like the most common addiction is control issues. Most people have control issues and that's an addiction and that can lead to emotional eating. Because you're trying to control how you feel and you feel uncomfortable when negative feelings come up. So rather than express them or be with them, because it makes you uncomfortable to feel out of control, you eat or you shop or you sleep or you work. Workaholism is another one, right? We, this oh, that we're in, it's like, oh, I'll just work. I won't sit and feel my feelings. I'll just distract myself with work. Or, but I'll tell myself, oh, but I'm making money. Oh, but I'm helping people. At what cost? the imbalance of a lot of how we handle this stuff is what creates this this emotional need to numb and where we use a lot of people use food even if you're not identifying yourself as an emotional eater we all do it at some point of either boredom or i just feel uncomfortable or i'm just going to eat because people think when they when when smokers give up smoking um, and then they gain weight they want to say oh it's a, an oral fixation no it's not an oral fixation just because somebody quit the act of an addiction, whether it be drinking or smoking or some kind of um, harder drug, unless you change the emotional energy underneath it, it's just the habit. The habit doesn't mean anything. It's the impulse that's the issue. And so you're just going to replace it with something else. So food usually ends up being what people replace giving up alcohol and and, uh, smoking with.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I, again, I I'm so impressed, JJ, with all the great work that you've done. And I love your matter of factness. <laughs> you're just like you just tell it like it is, which is very refreshing. All right, the last great. one is get the courage to connect. I like that. Connection is really important.
1: Well, we we think we're connected because of technology, and and which yeah. is great. And like you know, I love I've built a really strong community through my podcast, and and that feels awesome. But until it manifests in your life and until you utilize it as accountability and true human connection, it's it's kind of false. It can I mean it's not false in that it's not a real relationship, but we aren't digital humans. We're you know, we're physical flesh and blood vibrational beings who have an experience. And so the courage to connect is twofold. The first one is about having the courage to actually connect with yourself to do this work because most people don't want to, which is why they say Program after program, year after year, joining the gym, doing a diet, doing a cleanse every couple months, doing a marathon. Oh my God! How you know many people are marathon addicts? And it's because they, they <laughs> want to lose weight, so they just do marathons oh. because they're like that's how they that's how they maintain their weight. Yet marathoners off season usually gain a lot of weight, and they have no muscle because they don't cross train most of them. Um, anyway, so but this is like, oh they're a marathoner. they're an athlete. Okay, maybe. Um, but what do they do off-season? Are they healthy off-season? Do they pay attention? Or do they do they just use marathons to control their weight because during the off-season or whenever they're not training, they're, you know, indulging or using food to numb, which is what a lot of people do. The courage to connect, the first, the first is to connect with yourself and to be honest and real about what is going on with me and what do I need and asking for support. The next step is about actually finding a community of people who will keep you accountable and be honest with you while loving you and supporting you. Most people surround themselves, their friends and family, tell them what they want to hear, which keeps them exactly where they are. So if they're like, Oh, I have, you know, it's just like the blame game, the victim game. Oh, this person upset me. Oh yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> like, uh, Okay. So, you know, having, it's hard to make change when you're the only one doing it in your, in your area or in your, you know your family or your friend circle, and so when you, it's really important to find a community of people who are doing what you're doing to support your growth. Otherwise, if you're just if you're just like looking and comparing yourself against people around you, a if you're out ahead trying to do something different, the likelihood is you're not being supported, probably even threatened by that, and then most likely you're going to quit or give up because you don't feel like you feel weird and different, like you're the only person doing it. So there are other people on the same path. And finding them helps you actually realize what it is you need to do and realize your goals and not just think about it and talk about it. You know, I'm doing a live event next weekend here in Los Angeles and I've got, oh, uh,
0: cool. I
1: made it I made it so people could come to the live event or buy a virtual ticket. It's called Releasing What Weighs You Down. And one of my clients asked me, who's local, she said, well, are you really going to, I've been training her for years, and she said, are you going to say anything different <laughs> at the event than, you know, than something I've already heard? And she said it as I was leaving, and I, I really thought about that. And I thought, first of all, it's not about what I'm going to say, because there's all four other speakers, and this isn't a workshop. This is about what you're going to do. Like, this is about not an hour-long session. This is about a retreat, about you taking a deep dive within yourself and creating the time and space to process, identify, and release some of this stuff with tools and things that we're going to provide, other speakers and myself. But but it's not about what I'm saying. People can listen to words, read a book, listen to my podcast, listen to your show, and you're like, oh, you have all this information, but are you doing anything with it? Are you actually creating the space to sit with yourself and express your feelings? Or are you just in the rat race and that momentum of, of crazy, right, uh, that we get in and then just thinking, of, oh, but I know that. Yeah, I, I get that. All right, but are you doing it? So to me, I created the event because people need to actually take the time to do it. And if you don't give them an event, how many people are actually going to take a day or two days out of their life to sit with themselves and process their feelings and identify their blocks and and really work on this stuff? Most people aren't. And even if you go to therapy or have a coach, you're going to do, what, an hour? Once a week? Twice a week? I mean, it's not the same. So finding a community, communing with the community, uh, being accountable in the community, is what's going to support the process from start to finish.
0: J.D., tell us how we can sign up. <laughs> like, I want to do this. This sounds amazing. Uh,
1: well, you can go to so jenyslazanes.com, my website. If it's the first time you're there, I believe there'll be a pop-up that comes up about the event. But the event's called Releasing What Weighs You Down. And literally, that's the URL, okay. releasingwhatweighsyoudown.com. There's no T in Ways, it's W E I G H S, so releasing what weighs you down dot com. Again, there's a virtual ticket for those that can't make it to LA uh that will get it at with like, the week after that you can do as like a home study course. And the price will go up after next Friday once we start because it's just a virtual ticket and I'm gonna actually add things and make it into a different product which will be at a higher price point. So If you're interested in coming, there are seats left. I would love for people to, I I really just want the people who are like, who get it. They're like, yeah, oh yeah, I I totally have a block. Like I know that every year I do the (laughs) same thing. I gain the weight, I go to the gym, I go on a diet, and then three months later it doesn't work, and I'm frustrated again, I'm doing it again. Like you get it. You know there's a cycle and a pattern, and you understand that it's deeper than just what goes in your mouth and if you're going to the gym or exercising. So this will help release those blocks, and I've got some amazing speakers. One of them, Lisa, she's a healer, energy healer. She actually clears inherited emotional DNA. Like it's so cool. And she's wow. so powerful. She's amazing. But well, we're going to do all kinds of fun stuff. But regardless of whether people come to the event or get the virtual ticket, here's the bottom line. The, the weight loss and dieting and weight loss is not about food and exercise. It's just really not. Uh, yes, does it, will it make a difference if you help fix your digestion and have your hormones tested and get that balance and do the proper exercise for your body that gets you the results you want? Absolutely. But there's still the whole side of us that's emotional and that sometimes uses food or other things to numb or self-sabotage. And that's stuff, I want to swear, that stuff needs to be cleaned up. And if you're not going to clean it up, you're going to be stuck in your pattern. So clean it up, find a way to commune. <laughs>
0: JJ, you are so incredible. You know, I did say that I wanted to touch briefly we only have a couple minutes left. But talk to us about the ending body shame, which is so huge and so difficult to do and so prevalent. Uh, or I find it difficult to do. But tell us a little bit about that and, and what we'll find in the book, the invisible fitness formula around this.
1: So all of it still has to do with ending body shame, right? Each piece. So for yeah. instance, digestion, the more you learn about your body, uh, I, I made a I created a five-month transformation program that goes with the book. It's literally a five-month. Mm-hmm. Every week, you get a lesson and a video, and you go point by point through every one of the secrets we just talked about in the book. And and I have some people on it, and one of the, people who, one of the ladies who signed up kind of right away, we had a call maybe a month after because she had some great feedback for me, and I wanted to get her opinion about the program, and I'm still tweaking it and making it better, as, as I always do. And she said to me, you know, I've been on a lot of programs and the way that you explained it, the food part made it really easy to do. And that was really powerful for me to hear because easy for me to eat the way I eat and live the way I live because I understand the science about what things do to your body. And the more I think you understand, the more respect you have and it's not a blind, right? So people that don't have any relationship with food tend to abuse food. But the more you can respect food and understand what it does in your body, you make better choices Same thing with the exercise and same thing with some of these emotional issues that I said that we also are going to be dealing with at the event. Body shame has to do with loving yourself and has a lot to do with ideas that are not yours, that are projected onto you, ideas of society. And the only way to sort of make peace with that is to kind of go within and do some of that work. Uh, But it does help to love and respect your body on a new level with information. not saying information is going to make you feel all warm and fuzzy but it will help you to make a deeper connection and that's to me important for the ending body shame conversation is that when you understand on a deeper level you have respect and and an awareness and that awareness can help you to love yourself a little bit more
0: JJ I think you're fantastic I'm so glad you came on the show again the book is the invisible fitness formula 5 secrets to release weight and end body shame give us your website one more time JJ and spell it for us as well
1: Yep, jjflizanes.com. J J F L I Z is in zebra. A N E S is in Sam. JJflizanes and dot com. And if you're interested in the event, releasingwhatweighsyoudown.com.
0: All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Fitness today. You can find me at Health Media Gal One uh, on Twitter and also at Talk Healthy, the number two. Fitness, thank you so much for listening and stay well. This episode of Talk Fitness was produced by The Vitamin Shop, where trusted health enthusiasts help you thrive every day. Visit one of 800 stores across the country or head to vitaminshop.com for all your wellness needs.